right, this one's going to be for you guys. When, all, right. all right, so let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for uh, worship this morning. Bless the offering, and we just invite your presence as we talk about you, God. Let your word come alive for us this morning. Amen. So we're talking through um, who we are. Last week, Lynn talked about nurturing community, which is one of our four vision statements slash overarching values of our church. So today we're going to talk about encountering God. And um, I've asked some friends up here to help me talk about this. So uh, I just want to intro it real quick, and then um, these guys are going to wow us with their deep spiritual knowledge. (laughs) At least that's what Robert told me. So (laughs) he did. He told me, he said, I don't know about the other two, but I am going to wow you with deep spiritual knowledge. <laughs> That's a compliment. Aw. Okay. So why encountering God? Why out of all the things that you could choose, why would that be one that we would put? In fact, we put it first. And I think that for us, if we boil everything else down in, in Christianity, it comes down to this. And we've never wanted to create a Christian experience that didn't include, or, or even more than include, like center around the experience of who God is. And, um, you know, we believe that every soul needs God, needs the presence of God, needs the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we're, you're, that soul isn't going to be touched by a man-made institution. It's not going to be touched by religion. You're not going to get the grace you need in the time of troubles um, from, you know, a church building or by being moral. You know, you're not going to get the, the supernatural anointing you need to step out into your dreams and callings by just adhering to religious tenets. And what we're looking, I, I am, thank you. <laughs> um, we're looking for an experience of the living God who, is, who was and is and is to come, who is above all and is moving through his church. And so um, we've never wanted a dry go through the motions kind of religious experience here. And I think if you've been here before, you know that's true, and hopefully you've never felt that way. Um, So we want to experience God. We want every person to feel that touch of something that's greater and beyond what is normally and naturally here. Um, Jesus said some things about this. In Matthew, he rebuked some people for not knowing this. He said, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. I've, I've always read that verse and thought, man, that is... He's tying those two together. If you knew the scriptures, they would lead you to the power of God. If you knew the power of God, it would lead you to the truth and the scriptures. But he's saying, you know neither. You've built this form. And I think that's dangerous in America today. You know, it's easy to just build the American Christian religion divorced from the Holy Spirit-driven, Jesus-empowered you know, New Testament church that we're supposed to be, that we're called to be, that the world needs us to be. In another place, Jesus says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And so they worship me in vain, and their teachings are merely human rules. I never want to be that. I never want to be that where I'm just going through the motions on Sunday morning, and you know, I'm singing the songs, and I'm attending the right things, But my heart is far from him. And he hasn't grabbed my heart. He hasn't grabbed my imagination. That he hasn't changed who I am. That I haven't allowed his Holy Spirit to come in and bring truth to me. And Jesus says that the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for that's whom the Father is seeking. That's that's where we're going. 
to be people who experience him both in the spirit and in truth. Remember he said of some that, you know, they didn't know the power or the scriptures. And he's saying, I want that all for you, but it's an experiential thing. In fact, if you read through much of the New Testament, the word for knowing God, the word for know is to know through experience. It's not to know through learning, right? We're, we have been overtaught probably as American Christians and under-experienced. It's not more knowledge that we need to know. It's not about obedience that we need to learn. It's about experience that we need to catch it. We need to catch who he is and what he's doing, and it's contagious inside our souls. Psalm 34 commands us to taste and see that the Lord is good. Not observe, not spectator, right? But taste and see, participate, get into the game, feel his presence, hear his voice, know his, uh, his direction and his healing in our lives. So this is why we think that encountering God is so important. And today I've asked these three amazing people to come up here because uh, sometimes, sometimes it's great to hear a teaching from one person. And I, lo- I love teachings. I listen to them all the time. But sometimes I love the collective wisdom that's found in the body of Christ. And you have a few people share from their different perspectives, and it's going to paint a really beautiful picture this morning, I believe. So are you guys ready? All right. I'll let them introduce themselves. Go ahead. You want to introduce yourselves real quick? Robert Fincher, so prepared. Do you want to go first? Let's make sure this is on. All right, go ahead. Introduce yourself. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm Cindy Horton. Um, can we go ahead. Well, you can so the first question okay. we're going to ask is, Sorry. could you share a time when you encountered God and it was a significant way, something that shaped you? Okay. Um, so what you were talking about is prior to this was how um, we're not supposed to sit and just um, know about God. Well, I did that for a lot of years. Um, sat in church and, and you know, um, learned the Bible and um, never really encountered God too much uh, in the way that you're talking about um, until um, the death of my mother. And um, when my mother died, um, she was uh, she was the Jesus' hands and feet in my life, and she was the only person at that time because my family was very dysfunctional, a lot of addiction, and she brought you know, the gospel to me. And when she died, I thought the gospel died as well. Mm. And so I went through a period of, um, okay, Lord, I don't know um, what this is about, but I can't go on because she, I, I need you. I need her, right? And so <clears throat> I developed panic attacks, and they were severe panic attacks. I, I was non-functioning. And I was, you know, out teaching, and it was really difficult. Dry heaves in the morning, it was horrible. And so... Um, I encountered God through dreams. And so he came to me once in a dream, and it was my mother. We were sitting there, and I guess we were in heaven. I didn't see clouds, but we were in heaven, and we're sitting there, and it was so peaceful. And we're having this conversation, and she is saying to me, um, you know, it is just, I am just so exact, so happy here. You know, she died. She was in a lot of pain. I am so happy here. God, it's just an awesome place. And, you know, this whole feeling that this dream portrayed. And she said, you need to release me. You need to, you know, do your, you need to find God on your own. You need to do this and he's here for you. And when I woke up, it was like that encounter changed me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the panic attacks, I, I, did a, I, I learned how to do a bunch of things to, to kind of get over them, but they all were centered around 
um, finding God. Like, how could I find God now and not just read about God? How could I find him? And so I started to seek out places. Like, I didn't even know what a spirit-filled church meant. I didn't know any of this, and I was attending other churches, and and, and God just continued to... Um, he had provided provenient grace. I learned that it was provenient grace. He, provide, he provided the wooing of me to, to various places and people. And so that was my encounter. Awesome. Thank you. My name is Sarah. That's my uh, introduction. Um, so uh, I grew up having a pretty close relationship with God. My parents were pretty great, and uh, they taught me how to um, kind of have, like, a friendship with God from very early in my life, and uh, um, I know that without God, I'm an extremely codependent person. Um, there was one relationship that I had from very young where it was uh, really damaging, and I just felt like I was the person who needed to take care of them and kind of save them, and I felt like that was me being selfless, but in actuality, that was me being selfish because that person needed Jesus and not to be saved by me because I can't even save myself. Um, so um, as I got older, I learned that that was very dysfunctional and that I needed help. So I got lots of prayer and I went through counseling and I just, it was extremely painful for me and it was something I wanted to be freed from because I knew that wasn't God's will for my life, and uh, so I prayed a lot that God would just take that pain from me and that I wouldn't have the desire to be um, with that person all the time and that I just wouldn't have to carry that burden of codependency and that I could be free from it. So um, a couple years ago, I started the Vineyard Heroic Leadership Institute in Maine, and uh, I was learning how to rely on God to have more grace for people and more compassion because that was something that was really hard for me because of the, um, the codependent relationship and some aspects of that. And, uh, I just felt like this was something I was always going to have to live with and just always going to have to manage. But, um, I continue to pray that God would just take it from me because I believe that he is a God who brings redemption and freedom for people. And, uh, one day a woman I barely knew, um, who I'd been traveling with us came up to me and said, God has heard your prayers and he wants you to be free. And she prayed for me for two minutes, but in that two minutes, God completely changed my life. And I walked away from that experience a free person who was completely different. I mean, that burden had just been lifted, and God said, I wanted that. That's mine to bear, not yours. And I have a will for your life that's different. So that experience definitely changed and shaped me. And uh, I learned through that that God wants to encounter us, and it's not... It's not something that is, you know, not important to him or that our problems don't matter to him. But uh, he is always pursuing us and that he hears our prayers. Good morning. My name is Robert and I'm one of Christian's minions. (laughs) He put me up to this, but... Anyway, I'll go forward. Um, <laughs> I told Robert everything he's going to say right yes. now. <laughs> I'm just a robot. Um, a number of years ago, I was attending, we were attending a church <clears throat> that um, had a lengthy praise and worship time, and I, I valued that. Uh, they would 
um, every Sunday they would have maybe 45 minutes or so, and even sometimes longer praise and worship. And there was one Sunday that, um, as in the midst of worship, there was some latecomer, a woman, a mother, a young mother, who brought her two-year-old child um, with her, of course, and sat right in front of me. And uh, the child was very rambunctious, as a two-year-old would be. And uh, to placate the child, the um, mother kept telling him, you know, to stop. But she grabbed a bag of popcorn, which is one of these clear plastic bags. It was huge. (laughs) Opened it up and started giving the child some popcorn for the child. And so the child sat there and was quiet. And I said, thank God for this just interrupting my time of worship. And shortly thereafter, the child starts opening the bag and ripping the cellophane, you know, just ripped open, and the popcorn was all over. And I'm thinking, what kind of mother is this? What, why doesn't she attend to that child? It's messing up my time with, you know, worship, and, and here the child, and the food, it's all over. I mean, if you can imagine this. And... <laughs> I am being very critical of this parenting skill, or lack thereof, of a parent. <laughs> and she is ignoring this child completely. She's got her hands raised and like she's in la-la. And I'm thinking, what about this? Come on, this is your kid. And I knew in my mind that at the end of the service, guess what? She's going to leave with that child and go to, you know, the child care and just leave this mess for someone else to clean up. I was a little angry. And that was when God spoke to me. He said, what business is it of yours? It stopped me cold. He said, she's worshiping me. What are you doing? And I I want to get it right. So I want to tell you about this situation. Uh, you know the Martha and Mary. <sighs> Boy. Uh, but let's say this. You know the story. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him, Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. You are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. And I read that that morning, right after God spoke to me. And what changed me was probably appropriately stated in Luke, um, this is Luke chapter 6. Verse 37, judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. So the life-changing aspect of that event or that encounter with God was that it changed the way I viewed people. And I used to be extremely critical of people and condemning and judgmental um, didn't matter. I would find something I could judge a person on, whether it's their height, their weight, their whatever. Doesn't matter. 
I would find something. And it, God took that totally away from me. And, and so I look at what Jesus would look at. What business is it of yours, number one? And number two, that that person may, be do, you know, may have taken the better part in their lives. So how close they are to God, why am I to, to ask that question? So that's changed for me, uh, tremendous uh, change, okay? Thank you. There's so many things that you can pull from just that, you know, what, 10, 15 minutes right there, right? I mean, what's so cool is we, when we put ourselves in a place where we can encounter the presence of God, we don't have a whole lot of control over what's going to happen then. You know, we see uh, examples of healing and conviction, transformation, character change. And when we get in the presence of, of the Almighty, who, who loves us enough to speak the truth to us, who loves us enough to pull us out of the darkest places of our lives. Um, and what's, what I think is fascinating is that everybody's experience of, of experiencing God is different and is personal. So it's, it's not like we all, you know, um, travel to some special location and have a, a religious experience that is all the same, but we're walking through life together with the, this living God who intimately knows everything about our lives. And so when we experience him, it's, it's um, profoundly personal and it's what you need and it's what you need and it's what I need, not you, Robert. And, um, <laughs> and so I didn't know we had so much in common. We'll have to talk later about judging people. I'm really good at that too. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'll bet you I'm better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I love that about God, that he tailors, he tailors our experience to, to where we are in our lives, to who we are and, and what we need. And um, I, I think that just speaks to the greatness of God and, and the majesty of God, that he is, he is beyond any person's ability to really experience everything about him. And also what I love about it is that um, there's, a, there's one of the like, sayings of the vineyard is, come as you are. Uh, but don't stay as you are. And so it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you're broken uh, or if you're doing great, if you've got it all figured out or if you have no clue, Jesus' arms are wide open and we can walk into experiencing him. Um, but he, his, that experience will change us, you know? And I would say one more thing too. Everybody's, I know kind of said this in a different way, but you flip this over. Sometimes I think we look and we say, I can't experience God the way that those people do. And I would say that you're right. Like that whole thing I said about tailoring it. Um, we're called not to experience like Cindy did or experience like, you know, like I do, but we're called to find who Jesus is in our lives and what that experience looks like in our lives and to pursue that. Um, so, I think something that happens, though, because we told some, like, real big life-changing stories there, right? Um, I think sometimes we can make experiencing God up here like those really big life-changing experience stories. So I, I, and I think that can almost be a deterrent. And I would like to say that we believe in practicing coming into the presence of God, experiencing God on a daily basis. So what does that look like? You know, it's really easy to take for granted something good that you get all the time, right? That you, that you it's just like a part of your routine. Uh, for instance, there is almost always ice cream in my refrigerator. No, that's a lie, in my freezer. And, um, and you know, 
there have been few and far between when I open up my freezer looking for ice cream and it's not there. And when it's not there, I feel wronged. I feel that some, some injustice, great injustice, has been done. Similarly to cereal. This is my, kind of my two loves in life. Um, and and if, there's no, if there's no ice cream, you know, and see, that's just, I know some people, some of you, you don't have ice cream on a regular basis. And I probably take it for granted, you know? That's, the, that's like the presence of God. There, it's there for me so often. It, I love it. It's delicious. But I'm in church every week. I'm doing, you know, some of us are in small groups. Some of us go to other kinds of worship meetings throughout the week. We can become spoiled Christians. We can become uh, where we take it for granted. Where we're like, oh, I don't really like that worship song. And, you know, right? I didn't really feel God's presence that time. Right? So how can we cultivate? Because like in all those stories, you guys were passionate and hungry for God. How can we cultivate that kind of hunger for God that lasts, that resists taking it for granted, that resists becoming cold? Um, so that's the question I've asked you guys is to share how you do it in your lives. Okay. Um, well, um, after my encounter, I did a lot of things to, to get closer to God. And um, I went on ministry trips and mission trips and, and just kind of did, you know, that kind of thing that was, wow, you know, let's, let's go do something really spectacular. I needed that. And then like your question was to me more the daily things like how do we do that daily well (laughs) those of you who don't know me I love Starbucks and one of the things that I have uh, that I did or that I do uh, when I'm in Starbucks is I encounter people and um, so I remember a story a while ago that somebody told maybe you I forget but it was about um, a pastor who had gone into Starbucks and he put a, a, a note on the table and said, um, fi- a free cup of coffee um, to let me tell you about the Lord. Something to that effect. And so he went the whole Saturday and no one sat at his table. And he was thinking, wow, free cup of coffee, why? I don't get it, you know. So God was speaking to him and he said, you know, the next day he said, try it again. He says, but ask them about their life. So put, he put the $5 free cup of coffee and tell me about your life. Because people want you to, they want you to know them. They want you to care about them. And then you can show them Jesus. So when I sit in Starbucks, I do something that you're probably not supposed to do when I eavesdrop. Um, you know, the tables are close together. And, you know, so I'll hear these conversations and, you know, at, and I'm like, okay, Lord, what do I say about this? Like, I'm not going to be like, okay, you need to know, you know, so what do I do? So I'm sitting. And so a couple, uh, this one time, this girl was on the phone. She was talking to somebody and she's, her car had broken down. And she's like asking this person, you know, can you come get me? Blah, 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 blah. And, um, and she got off the phone and the, I guess the person couldn't come get her. And I just looked at her and I said, I'm sorry that eavesdrop. I said, but can I help you? And and I said, you know, I'll be happy to, you know, take you someplace, you know, wherever. And so we got to talking, and she started talking about her car, and then she started talking about the person that she called. And here it was a, a six-month relationship she thought was going somewhere, and the guy didn't want to come get her. And she just said, this was life-changing. So she starts crying and talking, and now I see her all the time at Starbucks, and we, she acts like I'm her best friend, and that's great, and we sit and we chat. And... God comes into the conversation. 
And so to me, that's what keeps it alive, you know, um, and another story, Kim, Kim Martin, and we were talking about this yesterday because I don't know exactly how it happened, but when she first got to this uh, state six years ago, she, um, she was in, um, at the Y one day, and she came into Starbucks, and this story we couldn't figure out because it's been so long, but anyway, this is how I remember it. So this story, she was, she was talking to a friend on the phone saying how she didn't have any friends here. And remember, she talked about that at the women's thing. So when she hung up, I was sitting next to her and I said, um, you know, like, I heard you over here, heard you say you don't have any friends here. You know, can, can, I, can I be your friend? <laughs> and she laughs about that all the time because it's like, uh, it was just like, that was where God put me, you know? And so it's like being open to where he's putting you and being obedient to step forward in that. That's what keeps it so exciting for me because I never know what's going to happen, you know, with, with God. Yeah. Awesome. So. I think we encounter God as much as we make time to encounter him. There's that saying, um, well, I don't know if it's really a saying, but I've heard people say it, that um, you encounter God more in the ditch than on the mountaintop. And I know that's definitely been true in my life, because when you're in the ditch, you're so desperate and hungry for God, and it just becomes something that you need, so you make space for it in your life. So coming out of my first experience where I was really in the ditch, I know that I wanted to take that desperation and hunger for God and see it in the rest of my life, even when I was having a mountaintop experience. So I prayed about that a lot, and I was having regular quiet times with God every day. And, um, yeah, I uh, lost my train of thought. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, hunger, desperation for God. Um, (laughs) Those things are important. Um, um, Yeah, so I wanted to make sure that I was making time for God because I know that God is, like I said before, always pursuing us. So I figured if there's a problem in my relationship with God, it's probably on my side because we were created to worship God and serve him and glorify him. And I wanted to do those things. So um, I just started asking God to make me more self-aware. Because if I was finding the creator of the universe boring or not, you know, interesting, then I probably really wasn't encountering him at all. So I wanted him to tell me where I was closing doors on him or keeping things from him or what the sin was in my life that I needed to get rid of. So, um, So, yeah, just... Christian told me to tell you this, uh, but uh, there's two two very important and significant ways that uh, I attempt to continue my relationship on a day-to-day basis, and one, which is, I guess they're both extremely important in my life, but the first is to have a, a person... Uh, brother in the Lord, that I can share uh, anything and everything with. Um, I do have that uh, opportunity. The The gentleman uh, lives in Florida, and um, we talk almost on a daily basis. 
and um, whatever it is, ups and downs and all kinds of issues. And there's time for prayer and there's time that we uh, just share. And sometimes it's, we might be talking about, I'm from Buffalo, so forgive me, the Buffalo Bills or something like that. But he's also from Buffalo. He happens to be my brother in the flesh as well, but he's also a brother in the Lord. And I feel blessed to have that opportunity um, to have a significant individual that I can share and he can share back with me on any level. Um, Second thing, and just as important, is the realization that of my identity in Christ. Uh, I think that's probably it, extremely powerful. It's so, so much so that I can be faced with a temptation or something, and I just ask myself, what is my position in Christ? You know, I, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches, and he who abides in me, and I in him. Okay, and essentially, without me, you can do nothing. And so that I bring to mind a remembrance and that um, my identity in Christ and he and me. So it's, it's from a position of power that I come from. I face, I'm facing him. He's not behind me. He's in front of me. I'm facing him face to face. And so that that actually helps settle the issue real quick. Um, so it, it's very difficult to push God away in that moment. So anyway, that's, did I say it okay? Christian? Great job. Okay. <laughs> Just like I wrote it. Um, you know, I think what's really cool, in Revelation it talks about that we will um, overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, which is the blood of Jesus, right? And by the word of our testimony. And there's power in, in proclaiming out loud the things that Jesus has done for us. And not just like once in a while. I and mean, I think that's part of a lifestyle is professing the good things that Jesus does in, in our lives actually defeats the enemy in our lives in that moment and repeatedly. Um, and you know, what I was hoping would happen, we actually didn't share what we were going to say up here. So um, what I was hoping would happen did happen. You see a variety of ways to continue to pursue God's presence and experience him. And, and that's, that's the beauty of who he is. He, he is, you know, tailored to each one of us, the experiences that will most be, be most meaningful to us. Um, I, I think what Sarah said is kind of across the board, though, as well. Like the whole idea of making time for it is, is, is hugely important in this day and age that we live in. And I think that uh, the experience of God can get squeezed out um, by everything else, by the pressures and everything else in life. And, um, and then we suffer because of that. And we, we, we need to continue to pray, God, increase my hunger for experiencing you. I want, I want to want you more. <laughs> I want to to maybe see my need for you more. You know, and that may br- bring some stuff into your life that isn't easy, but um, as God, as, as life squeezes us, we do kind of see how greatly we need him and need his, his presence. And um, what was, who was I was talking to you before we came in here about um, his mercy and us talking to you. His mercy is new every morning, you know, and that there's every day when you, when you wake up, right, you have this huge day ahead of you, 
And for some, some days, those are pretty easy. And some days, those are pretty hard. And some days, you know it right when you wake up. And there, I think there's a point that it's new every morning. His mercy is there. He is saying, I, I have a fresh start for you. You know, it, it dovetails with whoever read that verse today. I forget who it was, but, um, you know, about why are we, why are we worried? Yeah. Good job. Um, you know, the, he, he knows all those things and seek first his kingdom and all those will be added unto you. So, um, you know, this, I hope you've gotten a picture of why we think this is important. And I actually want to pray for everyone. So could we stand together? And I, when we're done this, um, you're welcome to come up front. We'd love to pray for you. And uh, if you are in in need of any kind of physical healing. We pray for you. Love to pray for uh, God to have a breakthrough healing in your life today. If you'd like a prophetic word from the Lord, which is just a, oh, uh, as someone prays for you, they hear from God encouragement and, and uh, scriptures and stuff like that for you and we'll pray over your life. If you like anything like that, please come forward at the end. And also, if you're hearing about this experiencing God and you're like, this just doesn't happen for me either. I've never given God a chance and this would be a first time to do that, uh, or if you're just like blocked and you feel frustrated, um, I would encourage you to come up and get some prayer, okay? But let's pray right now. If you feel comfortable putting your hands out, we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just invite you to come right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, would you just begin to work in this room, in our hearts right now? We're not in a rush right now, actually. We have a little bit of time, so we're just going to rest in your presence, God. God, I pray that in this room, you would just begin to touch our hearts with hunger for you, your presence, with hunger for you, that you would just be walking around the room right now, just like touching our hearts. And just see the Holy Spirit kind of hovering over each person and just literally like a finger touching your heart and stirring it to greater hunger for him, his presence, his word, his voice, for experiencing and knowing him. God, stir up a hunger for us now in Jesus' name. God, would you draw near to us now? Praise you, Jesus. Um, sometimes God speaks to me in pictures, and I just see a picture of an on-off switch with a box over it that's locked. And I feel like some of you have, are, have said, I've tried this before and I've been disappointed. And so, no. And uh, it's locked. And God can't even turn that switch on. And I just feel like God would be uh, lovingly reaching out to you today and asking you to unlock that and give him access. Lord, help us in the areas where we struggle to trust you, where we have been disappointed where we've been hurt, God. Let your presence come even now and minister to those parts of our hearts, God.